Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, it's Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. If there is any sort of debate in your head as to whether you should be trading a daily versus a weekly system, be done with it. In today's episode, we hear Louise Bedford give five reasons why your trading results will benefit from a weekly system. It is some of her 30 years of experience in the markets wrapped up for you in five minutes. We also talk today to fund manager Niv Dagan from Peak Asset Management. Niv and I talk about a range of topics from CFDs and options to online broking and the litmus test that he conducts on all his research. But first up, we get the lowdown on the markets from the economic wizard Jonathan Barrett for the week ending the 23rd of June. <laughs> Jono, the US markets just seem to steadily go up and up. How did they climb on Friday? Yeah, Caroline, good morning. Well, a little bit mixed and quite interesting, I think. The Dow was just slightly down, just a little bit, only a few points. But however, this morning it's down about 20, 30 points. Uh, S&P was up and the Nasdaq was up, uh, obviously trying to make some of those gains, uh, back some of those gains after losing quite a bit uh, over the last couple of weeks. And how is the Australian market looking? Look, I generally think it's a little bit nervous, I think, uh, when you look at sort of basically where China's going and what we're thinking where China's going. But look, I generally think it's following the US. So if the US continues to track upwards, so will our market. Opportunities you're looking at in the markets at the moment? Well, I think it's quite interesting because you look back at what's happening with the data and I think that we've got to be a little bit more cautious because um, we're seeing the US economy starting to slow down. And I think when you look at the economy starting to slow down and you've got a hawkish uh, Fed there, re-interest rates, then that could be a recipe for some profit-taking. So uh, I'll be a little bit cautious. I'll be guided by what's actually happening in the US US durables this week and uh, also consumer confidence because I think that'll be a key. Let's talk about the interest rates for a moment. Do you perceive or foresee that they're going to go up? Well, look, I think that when you're on a... The, the interesting thing is because we, we, we've got a hawkish state, state, statement by the Fed, so I think in their normalising process, they're going to look for an opportunity to be able to put interest rates up as soon as they feel right. Um, now, I think with the way we're funded in Australia, um, I think we don't want rates to go up, but I think we could be placed in a situation where our rates will move up. As you can see, some of those banks are already starting to trickle rates higher, so that'll apply a little bit of pressure. Let's talk about the commodity sector. Is anything moving there? 
Yeah, absolutely. Big focus here is on oil this week. Yeah, oil has been under a lot of pressure. Um, Nigeria and Libya, uh, Libya continue to produce. The OPEC cuts are not, don't seem to be working, and the US continue to produce. We are in the drive time in the States, so that should provide some sort of support. But, uh, gee, it's been under pressure for quite some time. And I think if it gets around that uh, US $40 to $42 uh, a barrel, I think then that's uh, probably the low for the short term. John O'Barrett, advice to traders over the next coming weeks. Look, I generally think at the moment just to, to stick steady with what you've got, that seems to be the best play, um, and be very be guided by uh, US economic numbers because if they continue to come under pressure whilst we have these hawkish statements, we might see that there'll be a bit of profit taking in the market. John O'Barrett, thanks for your time this morning. No problems, Caroline. I want to talk about weekly trading systems and daily trading systems and how if you just extend your view in terms of your time horizon for trading, it might just benefit your results. Now firstly with daily systems, it means that we're using daily charts and intraday charts to be able to form a setup and a trigger and to set our stop loss and our position sizing. Now, because of the short-term nature of daily charts, you really have trouble catching into a long-term trend. Very few charts start at the left-hand side down the bottom and then go seamlessly up to the right-hand side at the top without some level of flattening out or some level of drawdown. If you can't catch into long-term trends, it means that the odds are you're not going to be able to pyramid with the daily system. And as we know, pyramiding is adding money to a winning position so that you can make even more money and more profit from that one trade. Another thing is that when you actually look at daily charts and intraday charts, they are very noisy. They have a lot of false breakouts. Unless there is sufficient volume, a lot of the time it just looks like chicken scratchings. Now, in terms of what this does to your psyche, it tends to make you overtrade. I've seen it time and time again with my traders. Maximize the probability of you trading successfully according to your system to reap the rewards. Need a little short-term trading magic in your life? Chris Tate and I are touring Australia to give you our one-day course so that you can trade the short-term trends and raid the markets. We're coming to Sydney, Perth and Melbourne and you want to be in that room as we reveal our secrets. Go to tradinggame.com.au for details. tradinggame.com.au Niv Dagan is the Executive Director of Peak Asset Management, a boutique investment firm based in Melbourne. Niv and his team provide private and institutional investors with access to attractive corporate opportunities. I take a look at Niv's bi-daily wrap of the markets for a look at what is going on internationally and on the Australian Stock Exchange. Today we speak to Niv about the world of fund management and the litmus test he takes on all his research. Niv Dargan from Pig Asset Management. Hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Caroline, thanks for having me. Niv, have the markets always been in your blood? 
Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's always been a passion towards financial markets. And um, what's interesting, Caroline, every day there's something going on which is different and affects financial markets. And the markets uh, are much, much wider than the Australian markets. We do look at global markets. And uh, when we're looking at trading, uh, we're not only looking at indices and stocks, but we're also looking at bonds and fixed income. And also we see between five to 10 companies a week. And, and that's really interesting to sitting down with management and really understanding their entire journey. So to answer your question, absolutely, markets have always been in our blood. So, Niv, I want the audience to get a little bit of an idea of what it is you do. What is your role? How did that role grow? Look, the role the role is, is an interesting one. I mean, on, on one hand, we manage client portfolios. So uh, we look at their asset allocation, we look at the uh, their exposure, we look at the Australian equity market predominantly and uh, advise investors accordingly. The second part of the role is really identifying global opportunities that we can bring to the Australian Stock Exchange. So we've, we've changed the, the role and really focusing on bringing good quality investment opportunities to investors that they can't get anywhere else in the market. What do your best clients do? Clients really defer to change. I mean, uh, some of them, are, I mean, one of my best clients is, is a truck driver. He runs a uh, a business that um, run, it basically drives uh, all the V8 supercars around Australia and other ones are at ANZ Consulting. Others are just personal uh, investors and they do this on a full-time basis. So, Caroline, it really, really does depend on, on, on what they're looking for, but everyone's looking for that uh, additional income stream, right? What do your worst clients do? <laughs> Not much. Uh, worst clients uh, tend to, tend to uh, look not do too much. What do they most do of, wrong? Most of, in terms of in terms of their own personal asset allocation investment, yes. or in terms of their look, I think the expect it comes down to managing expectations, Caroline. I think that investors, and I'll give you a funny story. We one of my uh, closest clients is uh, is a real estate agent in Agnes Waters, and one of our floats that we listed is called Seafoam, which is a type of foam that's eighty five percent coal, fifteen percent air. Listed late last year, it was up two hundred and fifty percent on its first day of listing, which is not a bad return, right? Grant gave me a call on the first day and said, hey, Niv, uh, do, do you think that seafoam is going any higher? <laughs> and I just laughed. And, uh, and I said, Grant, you're up 250% on your investment in, in, in a few weeks. That's not a bad return. And I and, uh, had a bit of a chuckle with him. So, look, I think it comes down to managing expectations. All right. So let's flip that. What do your best clients do right? They listen the to you. Cl- <laughs> the best clients listen. And, and, and look, uh, really, they do listen and are really appreciative for the work that we do. I mean, the, the issue with investors in general, the people in, invest, they want more. Uh, they never tell you when uh, you make the money, but they give you a call when, uh, when you're down on, on a particular investment. So, look, the best clients are sophisticated. They know that markets are going up and down. They know that not all investors, uh, not investments are going to be profitable and, and appreciative as well. So going back to you, what does it take to make it in the markets? I think you need to be passionate about what you do. I think every day you really need to be driven into really you know, finding the markets interesting, whether it is the Australian market, but also various uh, angles across global markets, um, seeing a different information, seeing other advisors. Networking is, is a really, really strong part and identifying different opportunities that other investors don't get access to and trying to de-risk that opportunity stockbrokers they're heavily regulated especially compared to real estate agents what are some of the rules that brokers are governed by and do they actually protect the investor look it's a very very good question there's a lot of rules that do govern uh, investors i mean compliance is a very very integral part i mean we need to ensure that we act in the best interests of the investor 
um, and are always putting the client first. So what I mean by that, uh, once a month, we need to, uh, to complete a certain number of hours of training, which is called uh, CPD points. And others, we do normally get audited uh, once a quarter to just to ensure that we are doing the right thing, that we, we do speak to investors, we write it down, we write notes on the investors. Um, there, there is a difference between general advice and personal advice, Caroline. I think that's a big, big distinction in the industry. Um, personal advice is when we really need to understand the client's risks and objectives. General advice is all about information and content. But bottom line is you do have to act in the best interest of the investor and always put the investor first. I think that's important to note. Instruments. Let's talk about some of these. Are people moving out of options into CFDs? Look, options um, are, are an interesting asset class. I mean, there's there's a lot of investors that don't quite understand what an option is and what an option is the right to buy or sell particular um, assets um, at, a, at a designated time. Now, there, there are positives and negatives of options, um, obviously both on the leverage side, but there's a lot of different, um, you'd say, hurdles that an investor needs to learn, whether it is to do with the deltas and the gammas and the time decays and the strike price, various, various options across various uh, exercises as well. Now, CFDs are slightly different. Uh, a contract for difference does uh, allow the investor to attain a position in a particular stock, but it is all about utilising leverage. And the CFD provider might charge the investor 5 to 10% right, as a charge uh, to, to basically hold that position. Now, you can go long and short, and what I mean by that, you can play on both sides of the market, but I, we believe that an investor really needs to understand the risks of both to really make, make an adequate, you know, as certain whether that's uh, for them. What do you like using? Uh, look, none, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, look, we, about five years ago, we, we did use uh, uh, CFDs as a way to get exposure to the market. What investors need to understand is that they are leveraged. They're leveraged between 10 to 100 times on markets that uh, head in the right direction. That is fantastic. When uh, when you do have a gap in the market and you've got stop losses in place, uh, the investor can lose more than what they've put in. Uh, so we traditionally do stick to, to direct equities. Let's talk about online broking versus human broking. Why use a human broker instead of a platform? Look, an, an online broker, uh, whether it is a Comsec or an E-Trade or NAB online, uh, does give you access to the stock market at a discounted rate. Um, the underlying issue with an online broker, you don't have anyone there to hold your hand. You've got no one, some, someone like myself, to speak about particular opportunities. Traditionally, as an online broker, you probably wouldn't see a lot of the other opportunities that do get presented, whether it is specific rights issues or placements or IPOs, because the broker doesn't basically get paid. So, look, an online broking account is a great way to access markets and global markets at a discounted rate, but without having that expertise at the same time. So what's the future of broking? Look, the future of broking is moving more towards uh, online. Um, however, investors still need to get access to uh, the likes of a peak asset management to give them access to deals that they won't get anywhere else in the market, right? And I'll give you an example. We, we floated a business um, just recently called LifeSpot Health. It's a, it's a platform that manages and monitors chronic diseases. Um, on its first day of listing, the stock went up 100% on day one. The stock code is LSH. A traditional investor utilising an online broking account simply won't get access to that. So I think there's a mixture. I mean, uh, whether it is portfolio management, portfolio allocation, and also getting access to specific deal flow, that will never change information will never change and content will never change. However, getting accessibility 
to a discounted brokerage and getting access to global equities is something that's the market going to. What's one of the best stories that might come to mind about a float? Look, I mean, we're pretty particular on what we put forward in front of our investors, Caroline. So we normally undertake about three to four months of due diligence before we do present the investor the opportunity. And the big test is, is will I show Caroline the opportunity uh, and will I be willing to put my own capital ahead of Caroline? And if that's the case, then we're happy to show our investors because our reputation is very important. Look, we, we're very particular on the on the opportunities. Some of them, as we mentioned, CFOAM, which is Cody's CFO, which is a type of foam um, used for aerospace engineering, which was up over 250% on its first day of listing. Another one is, is a business called Swift Networks, which is a content as a service play. They're currently doing about $18 million of revenues, and the, they announced actually a, a new uh, opportunity today. The stock is up about 70 or 80% since IPO. Lifespot Health, which is a management and monitoring software uh, for chronic diseases, that's done exceptionally well for us. And right now, we've just closed out a round for a corporate wellness platform that actually integrates your Fitbit, your Garmin, and your Apple Watch all in the platform, and we're looking to list that at the end of the year. So, look, we're really excited by it as well. Niv, if people want to find out more about you or to read your buy daily market wraps, how do they do that? Look, it's probably best they uh, they email me directly, or, uh, niv, N-I-V dot Dagan, D-A-G-A-N, at peakassetmanagement.com.au, or go to our website, www.peakassetmanagement.com.au, or there's the info box as well, info at peakassetmanagement.com.au, and they can subscribe as well and get access to our deals. And a plethora of market experience. Nib Dargan, thank you for your time today. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks for having us. Stay tuned next week, guys, for the CEO of Boost Juice, Miss Janine Alice. And we hear her journey from the kitchen table in Melbourne to a global empire. I'm Caroline Stephen. Have a good week in the markets. We'll see you next show. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.